0: and welcome to episode 158 of Relics of Ore. I am your host Grywok, and joining me this evening are Kate and Evie. Uh, how are you doing this evening Kate? Uh,
1: much better than if you had asked me any day prior because I was totally sick this weekend and it sucked a butt.
0: Yeah that is too bad I'm glad to hear that you are feeling better and now we've had a few more days to think about our feedback for all of the beta stuff. Uh, how about yourself Evie? how are you doing?
2: I'm doing absolutely wonderful. Especially because Kate's feeling better too.
0: Ah, <laughs> it's true. Kate is the bright shining star on the podcast of Grumpy Guys.
2: It it's it's like she's always here in spirit.
1: I wanna give you guys a hug.
0: Somebody needs to log out of the game. Um <laughs> Uh So yeah, uh the we actually have a lot to talk about this week because we have both the beta. Uh, weekend event and also a bunch of stuff's come out since when we would have recorded it over the weekend so um why don't we actually go in sort of reverse chronolo- chronological order and talk about the stuff that's been announced more recently because i feel like we are probably gonna have a lot longer to talk about a lot more things to talk about with the beta with regard to all of the different professions and all that stuff mm-hmm. so um i think the biggest one right now is the Official final specials or er, not final—the final trait line slash the elite specialization for the revenant is based on Glint, which is confirming a long-held fan theory. Uh, what do you guys what have? Either of you have any thoughts on that initially?
2: Um, ah. I kind of saw this coming because long-held fan theory, data mining, blah, blah 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 blah. However, kind of not important to the actual announcement itself. Other than like where it is, I really like how it is an exclusive for Massively OP because they are a wonderful site. And yes, they deserve that. Yeah, as, that's
0: true. That's also, that is awesome.
2: As far as the actual announcement itself, um, yeah, it's not really too much of a surprise that it's Glint. It is a surprise in that it is a second support based straight line for the Revenant on top of Ventari.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like one of the skills had some decent decent condition stuff in it too, although numbers, mm-hmm. you know, indeterminate.
2: It's it's a very good defensive all-rounder from what I'm looking at. Yeah. Or what it seems, anyway. Um, and I really like how they did the whole, like, each facet, because it really ties into lore very well, and it gives Revenant a nice profession mechanic on top of energy when they take an elite specialization, because the 6th facet is their change profession mechanic.
0: Yeah, um, I'm still a little bit confused about exactly how that's gonna work. Does that, like, does that mean that whichever, um, whichever legend they're channeling will have access to that 6th thing, or is that just
2: something? I, ass- that- I assume so. It's basically gonna be their F1. While they have, um, uh, Harold, which is the name of the elite spec, uh, <laughs> equipped.
0: So is that going to be in place of legend swapping, or is that going to be in addition to?
2: I'm pretty sure it's going to be, a, like, in addition to.
0: Hmm. You sound like you were about to say something, Spirit.
1: I just thought you he said Harold, like the, there's a mimi old guy. <laughs> who you'll probably <laughs> see show up as the cover art for this episode. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Yeah. Herald is a thing. I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna make it the cover art for this episode. He appears in like many stock photos and he's never like quite smiling enough that it looks genuine. But anyway um... Italians <laughs> Citizens My uh
2: That's not the Herald.
1: My <laughs> My first impression was damn I really need that shield like as soon as possible.
2: That shield, that shoulder piece that yeah. doesn't float on Norn. And can I just say that they use the Norn? for this, which makes me very happy in my heart plays.
1: Ah, uh, heck, yeah. Relics of Norn. <laughs> the, yeah. So, having our priorities straight, um, definitely when it comes to looking at what we like in elite specializations. But, um, uh, from a mechanic standpoint, I was a little bit nervous when I first read that it would be, All upkeeps? Um, yeah, or no, no, not all upkeeps, but, um all defensively support because we've talked about it a little bit in the past how um it definitely has the potential to step on other classes toes when it comes to doing things because each one almost represent repre- like each uh legend almost represents a profession in itself um but i really like that they decided to go with the upkeeps um for this cuz it had the potential to very much uh, be in the Guardian's kind of realm of influence, but it's doing maybe what the Guardian could do in a completely different way. And I don't know if that's good or bad, because I can see um, if one is, you know, way stronger than the other, then the other one will get discounted. Um, but I think currently, at least in my perception, what we know now, we don't we haven't seen the points of interest, and that's always so incredibly important for uh, getting a good grasp on a an elite specialization. But as I think of it now, I think the Guardian will be more useful for, for prolonged fights where you need defense, where the Revenant has some very powerful abilities, but because they're all upkeep skills and because the weapon skills on the Revenant are good, also going to take energy, I have a feeling that Glint will be for shorter fights. Or- and so there's a there's a niche for both of them. And, oh, sorry, Evie, do you want to say something first?
2: <laughs> Just kind of to counter what you just said, or it's going to be used for very clutch moments in, say, quote-unquote, quote, challenging group content when mm. something big is about to happen. Bam! Glint.
1: Yeah, that's also, especially in uh, really challenging group content if they're a five or more people, I don't know. Um, <laughs> there is some potential for good synergy between the Guardian and the uh, mm-hmm. Glint Revenant as well, the Herald.
2: Yeah, because the sixth facet when it's up, will increase all boons like by fifty percent, which is insane. Like that's gonna help everybody. And it's gonna increase the effectiveness of guardians. Exactly. Uh, might stacking Ellies, Might Stacking Warriors. Like anyone that does boons is going to want a revenant.
0: <coughs> Better necro tears. <coughs> um
1: hey you have like a boon? A boon. Uh, just hey, fun. hey,
2: you finally got stability and with glint around it'll last 50 percent longer
1: that
0: that is true looking at the pride side as always um (laughs) you know i actually i haven't actually played the revenant all that much um in the in the betas in, in yeah i i just really haven't played them that much so it's i'm having a little bit of a hard time really estimating how strong this sounds um you know, experience-wise. But...
2: The thing with The Revenant, like, every single legend plays so differently. I love it because of that. But as far as criticisms that I'm getting from, like, from what I read and everything, there are quite a few people that don't like that. Because it, it, it's two playstyles at once.
0: Yeah, I mean, some professions are... More or less like that than others, for sure. Some mm-hmm. some professions feel a lot more singular in their playstyle, and and some have a bit more variety in that matter. So, um, yeah. Anyway, and there's uh,
2: even a playstyle that doesn't exist elsewhere in the game, like Ventari, with the way you have to manage placement for the tablet. That doesn't really exist anywhere else yet.
0: Yeah, that's also true. But uh, yeah, I guess I guess we're just gonna have to wait till we see the points of interest to see the sort of how it actually mm-hmm. looks in in practice get some get some numbers all that stuff
2: my main worry with all upkeep skills for the revenant and the combination of weapon skills taking energy as well is that playing a revenant is going to feel like you have a lot of downtime Mm because if you use upkeep skills at all and they're all usually pretty strong so you want to that's pretty much all you do when you do it um and it's, it's not like, oh, I have this upkeep skill and I can put it on for 15 seconds, but I just can't do anything else. It's, I have this upkeep skill, I can activate it, have it for maybe f- somewhere between 5 and 8 seconds, and then my energy is gone, and I have to switch.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was noticing that a little bit when I was playing it, but it was um, hard to really get a feel for it, because I pretty much only played it during the first beta when we were stuck on <laughs> Celestial Gear.
2: I, I really hope that with Glint in particular, because... Glint is focused on upkeep skills only, and sort of a kind of dervish thing where when you end the upkeep, it blows up. Yes, I made that connection. (laughs) Uh, That the actual trait line itself gives ways of, if you're being effective in combat with your upkeep, you get energy. Yeah. So that as long as you are being good at what you do, And effective and blah, 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 get good. You can upkeep what you're doing.
0: Yeah, it reinforces good play, like, good playstyle and good good mechanics by Mm -hmm. building in that reward loop. Like, the better you do, the more able you are to do better.
2: Now, that does not mean I want to see something like, oh, every time you crit, you get blah, blah, blah energy. No, that didn't work with Thief. Like, not very well. And it'll just be the same thing again with Revenant.
0: Yeah. Um yeah anyway um i'm sure we'll talk more about it next episode after we've gotten a little bit longer into the week um there's also some stuff they talked about with the core masteries the pact commander masteries uh kate you looked like you paid a little bit more attention to that than i did did you want to talk about any of that
1: um yeah i'm just gonna go just read through them real quick before i i start listing off my thoughts about them because i have a few um Uh, there's several very different things that are going to be included in this mastery line Um, one of the big ones is mentoring mode which gives you uh, an icon in chat and over your head and on the map similar to a commander tag but a little bit different um, that denotes you as a mentor for new players which is a really cool idea I think Um, I'm intrigued to see how it plays out, whether people use it, whether people abuse it. Um, I think it'll be ultimately a force for good if ArenaNet can, they have to communicate somehow to players that these, um, to new players, that these are the people who are willing to help or who are available to help you. Um, And if not, then it's just kind of a weird clutter on the map that I don't know about quite yet. So I think it definitely has potential. It just has to be communicated. in a way that people realize what they are. Um, Other than that, there's uh, permanent swiftness for you and your party in cities up to... uh, It starts low, I think, and then you can work your way up to 33%, which is, you know, normal swiftness. Um, There's bonus crafting experience in this line. Uh, There's additional revive speed for people below you so say if you're a level 80 and you're reviving level two you'll have 50% more revive speed on them if you're level 80 reviving a level 80 you'll have an additional 10% revive speed um not sure how I feel about that like I want to finish getting through this stuff but there are some things that I don't know about Um, the last thing and the most exciting to me is the supply line mastery which once you have this um, it'll open up a set of roaming merchants who will travel the different maps and sell limited time goods for karma. So they'll have their stock will rotate. I think they said daily, um, and it'll include some new crafting recipes, new stuff, uh, but also old stuff that's been out of the game, like sigils of bursting, maybe that I've complained about in the of past. Generosity, yeah, yeah, stuff like that, stuff that just came out of the game because it was in limited time content and I'm really Never cost 40 gold now. excited. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see that stuff coming back as well as another use for karma and I think that is a really solid part of it. Um, the part that I don't like or I'm iffy on is this stuff. Oh sorry because there is one more thing. Um, the revive speed is a little bit I 10% isn't that much but I feel like if they're pushing hard content it might become a little bit necessary. Um, the other thing is auto-loot. So there's straight up, uh, as part of this mastery line, adding auto-loot that if you kill a mob, the things it drops go straight into your inventory and you don't even have to press F. And this- but this also works, um, while you're dead and in World v. World. The mentor system, by the way, does not work in World v. World. But this is a PvE mastery that is m- very much quality of life, um, and maybe shouldn't be limited just to the mastery. Because it... I don't know. I, that just feels weird to me to have a game type where in World v. World, you are probably going to kill a lot of people and then go down. And then there's always that situation where you're laying on the ground in a zerg looking at all of the loot bags that you should be able to pick up. But your your team might not win the fight. You get wiped and you never get to go get those loot bags. So it just seems to me that the people who could use it are the most probably yeah are the people who are least likely to have it
2: and they gave like someone gave the reason that the reason why they put this particular feature in a mastery line was to not promote botting with it which i'm just like "Uh, okay
0: i mean you know it's really hard to do make a bot that can press Get all.
2: Yeah. Make a Wait. bot that can press F. That, yeah, that's what I mean. yeah, that's I mean. Really to to I was about
0: to say what my keybind was, and then I realized that wasn't the standard, and I had to think about it for a minute. But anyway, <laughs> um, so interesting and sort of weird consequence is that, to my understanding, all of these are only for criteria because that's sort of how the mastery system works. They're regional-based. So will you only be able to auto lead in, in the core maps and not in Heart of Thorns?
2: Or... I have a feeling that if it works in World v. World, it'll work in Heart of Thorns. Uh,
0: maybe, um, but it's also part of, like, but World v. World is part of the core game, you know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm. I, uh, I anyway. wonder if it won't work in the new World v. World map, then.
0: I It pro- well, hmm. it probably would, but it, again, it it's one of those things where, and, and and maybe it will, maybe it'll just work everywhere. Um you know i I don't know that's one of those things i did i did like that in one of their interviews and i don't have a source on it um but one of their interviews they were saying that they're not saying that no like they're never they're not they're not committing to the idea that masteries can never cross between like content packs if you will but that they by default do not so things like that maybe you know maybe they'll decide that like oh hey you know actually this auto loot thing should be able to go everywhere but not gliders or whatever just keeping that door open is is good so i
2: have a big feeling that the main reason why they didn't do like masteries everywhere is gliders because that would have been kind of a pain to like set up where only gliders don't work or like have like this thing where gliders do work, and then like map-breaking stuff... Nah, nah.
1: You know what? Yeah. I know there's a good reason they didn't make gliders work, but if there was one mastery that I do want everywhere, it's gliders. Because you know how many times I've fallen to my desk since the beta this weekend? Because I jump <laughs> off a cliff and I go, Spacebar, my glider is coming out! And it doesn't. Uh, a solid five times already. Right. That's but it. part of it,
0: <laughs> though, is that... <clears throat> And I do agree with their reasoning on this, is that they don't want you to have to go do something in another area so that you can participate in content in a different area. Like, they want the Masteries to be regionally tied to the content that uses them and not to have it be a thing where, like, if if Masteries existed everywhere and they came out with an expansion to, like... Mm-hmm i'm sure that they would be incredibly useful or they would be designing around them and i can understand the motivation of saying like if you're getting in at theoretical expansion 2 and have never played like we don't want to make you go get glider mastery somewhere else in the world that you're not even really like isn't even the new content just so that you can use gliders in somewhere yeah i don't know but
1: yeah but I, i I guess my thought is they they also said that, you know, for every feature expansion, the core game is going to come bundled with it. So if there are any masteries that were going to apply to every expansion, it would be the core ones. It's also I thought they a said that they every
2: ass. like past thing would come with the new oh, one. Yeah.
1: Okay, maybe I that maybe that's think true. So. I just Okay, yeah, that's even better. I just thought, for some reason, they were... Because uh, one of the things they had said behind Mastery is, is, you know, if you miss an expansion, you come in and a new one, you know, it's no big deal that you haven't met the old one. You can uh, progress horizontally through our Mastery system, and you'll be fine in the new expansion
0: well yeah I mean the idea is that you that statement is still true it's just that like you would be able to do it in if you came in at the next expansion like you would still have the access to be able to go and learn masteries but they don't want to build an expansion around the idea that you've gotten a mastery in a previous expansion even though you Mm -hmm. theoretically could buy it and go get it then like they yeah anyway Um,
2: which is an interesting thought process because like that means that should they come out with another expansion, which I'm assuming they will after Heart of Thorns eventually. Yeah. That gliding may not be a thing.
0: I would bet that it isn't personally. I mean, like the,
2: maybe they it might will have be, something new.
0: Yeah.
1: I yeah, they are gonna have to come up with some kind of substitute, otherwise by the time I'm done with all the Heart of Thorns content, you can bet my falling death counter from not having a glider is going to be way above five. <laughs> yeah.
0: Maybe they should put in just, like, a parachute mastery that just, like, stops you from dying. If, but, like, it, it, like, doesn't let you glide, but it lets you, like, stop your fall, like, one point. It just lets you straight down. Uses, like, movie physics where they, like, deploy Your parachute pops out feet. and it says
1: you made a mistake on it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsies. Um, <laughs> yeah. I... Did you have any other strong feelings? I, I feel like mostly the, um mostly that was uh, some of the things we've already talked about were the big ones did you have some other thoughts on the packed tyria masteries
1: no other than that it's really kind of a random smattering of things and also uh inherently selfless in a way or like there's some there's a conflict between the selflessness and the selfishness of that line um, and I think the selfishness is the only reason I would progress it any faster th- or like before any other lines. Well, you would, um,
0: you would, I mean, isn't, how many, how many Quartiria lines are there? There's the Pact Commander, but...
1: Fractal and... Precursor. Um, Precursor. Precursors.
0: Yeah, okay, so, I guess. I mean, which if you're not, if you're not looking to build a Legendary and you're not into fractals, then it's sort of going to be the de facto thing that you're leveling up anyway.
1: Right.
2: On the counter to that, though, I really hope that the precursors for Heart of Thorns specifically aren't tied to the core stuff. Because it seems kind of weird that to get a new Legendary, you have to do old content.
0: That's a really good point. I hadn't even thought about that. Hmm. Anyway, um, other I would say the other main announcement that we had was... Um, pvp leagues evie you're a pvp person do you care
2: Uh, i'm more excited about stronghold
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay fair enough Um, uh
1: as someone who's newly or getting more into pvp than previously i i'm intrigued uh i like the fact that one of the things that came with it is a legendary exclusive to pvp i think that's pretty cool um, and it seems like they're following kind of a trend. Um, with the uh, the Legendary back piece. there was one um, not exclusive to, I guess, I can't remember if exclusive, but uh, primarily generated by excelling in Fractals. There's one uh, primarily generated by excelling in PvP, and I hope there's one by primarily excelling in World v. World. I <laughs> think that would be pretty neat.
2: See, the thing with that, and this is a problem that a lot of games have, as far as like competitive things and it's most evident and I know this is a completely different kind of game but in Hearthstone at least as it stands right now where there's a reward for getting a certain kind of rank and then people get to that rank and then stop so you end up having like this massive just clump of people at one rank and no one goes higher and everyone below it Feels like they can't reach that rank because th- all the like greatest players quote quote are sitting at this rank flip side to that would be if they had a system where how effective you are speeds up the process but ultimately as long as you keep playing you'll get it which feels kind of cheap because that means that anyone that spends enough time playing PvP will get this legendary back piece.
0: I mean, that's kind of true for regular legendaries too, though. Like, if you play long enough, even if you don't play efficiently.
2: That is true for legend- for current legendaries, but my impression was that they were trying to shift away from that.
0: Well, I guess. I don't know. I yeah, I just, I guess I just don't have that strong of feelings about the idea of legendaries having to be something that only a like small percentage of players should be allowed to access like or something that should be legendaries are quote-unquote exclusive because they take a lot of effort but not necessarily because they take a lot of skill and i don't really have a problem with that i guess but i can see both sides of that argument especially for pvp
2: i personally think it should be kind of both ways like these are for this these are for for that which is why I'm totally fine with them leaving the core stuff the way it is but that mentality of the best should only go to the best is much more prevalent in PvP
0: yeah I mean... and I think
2: that it, it might, might become a thing if that's how it ends up being
0: yeah, I mean, but you can take that argument to even like the most extreme like only the winners of like the WTS, you know, can get it or something like that, and I feel like there would be a lot of people that oh, would be that would Oh, that's happy going
2: a that. little too far.
0: I I mean, why only the best should get it? Like, do you see what I'm saying? That argument can go up to a, a ridiculous I, I know. extreme. Like, but anyway regardless uh leagues i actually kind of forgot that they weren't leagues which i (laughs) saw a lot of people saying the same thing um but uh anyway i don't think there was too much else to talk about so really we have still a lot to talk about about the beta unless anybody else wanted to get another word in before we switch gears Hmm?
1: i have a very important word that is near and dear to my heart what bird they're totally talking about really challenging group content at PAX.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they uh, they put out the schedule uh, last night, early this morning. I don't know, time zones are a thing. Um, but there's definitely going to be a panel uh, at 5.30 in the morning for me. I thought my body was ready, but I don't know if it's ready for that early in the morning. <laughs> but you can bet your ass that I'll be awake and watching it and slowly melting into a pile of either sadness or joy, I don't know which. Yeah, Ecto.
2: And here's the really telling thing about that. It's not only Colin, but also Michael Bryan.
1: This excites me greatly, and I am very excited. I was called a... uh, One of our guildmates got his... Uh, dungeon Master title this weekend and I was described as a Dungeon Sherpa for helping out <laughs> and Alona from Guild Wars Reporter said I was everyone's Dungeon Sherpa which made my small shriveled heart grow three sizes that day um, but also I am really looking forward to taking uh, the friends I have made through Dungeons into uh, really challenging group content
2: Shout out to Truth Call because that's coming back
1: i'm so excited i also in relics is a bunch of people uh but specifically women who are veterans of raids and so the number of raid moms in our guild is glorious and i am so <laughs> excited for all of us to get together and be raid moms together
2: <laughs> raid moms because when you raid you need someone to cook the food
1: mm-hmm. and to make sure everyone's holding hands and standing in line okay i've done that like i just i this is near and dear to my heart and you can i am going to be talking about it a lot in the future
0: okay well i would totally i would totally do a raid with a bunch of <laughs> sorry challenging group content or whatever <laughs> we're calling it these days there he is. <coughs> no, sorry what <laughs> uh with uh with a, with a bunch of relics ladies that would be hilariously awesome um but as previously alluded to, I think it's time to shift gears and talk a little bit about the beta. How much did you guys get to play this past weekend?
2: I played everything for more than three hours except Reaper.
1: Uh, oh, well, I got a good played... chunk of time on most. Oh. Go ahead. I think there was a lag because I wasn't talking. It stopped working. Anyway. Um, I got to play everything for a little bit, but I spent most time on Chronomancer and Dragon Hunter. And to be the inverse of Eevee, I played the entire
0: weekend as a Reaper.
2: (laughs) See, as far as Reaper goes, I couldn't get into it. It just felt too slow to me.
0: I agree. Do we want to talk about Reaper first? (laughs)
1: Let's go for it. (laughs) We're already here.
0: Okay, yeah, um, ah, Oh. I'll start with the positive, which was that I thought that the shroud was really cool. I really liked almost all of the skills and the feeling of the Reaper Shroud. Um that was good. It felt that part felt felt pretty strong. Um mm-hmm. big area big area attacks, you could use it very viably with either condition or power builds, which was a big shift from the base shroud which uses which is really not effective with condition builds except for popping in to do a quick a quick fear bomb with terror on somebody and some torment has its own issues with uh power builds too just because of its attack speed and projectile weirdness um but the reaper shroud like i said it worked really well for both uh condi and power builds the power builds going for um just I mean, just massive crit damage. I didn't get, I didn't test it on sinister gear or anything closely approximating sinister gear. I think that actually could be really strong, just because of how inherently strong the condi application and the power scaling on all of those skills was. But because um, doom fire on your auto attacks hits a lot of dudes really fast, and no, I wasn't because it's a
2: chain and it's so much better than the base shroud.
0: Yeah, and, and it has, like, five-target cleave around you. Like, it does mm. so much cleaving and so much... Like, the amount of burning... To, and partly this is problems with burning as a condition which might or might not get addressed because other classes abuse it way worse, but it felt... It was, it was a lot. <laughs> it was really a lot. And then skill four, the spin to win, added, like, 11 or 12 stacks of poison in the span of about one and a half seconds to a ton of targets. So you know popping in doing that and then just burning everything to the ground was oh, deep, quite the myself
2: yeah it was, <laughs> it was
0: it was pretty good um, i
2: do believe i'm getting the vapors yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah the the power side as i said um you just crit every hit i mean you can get well over 100% crit rate and a bunch of damage bonuses on enemies that are below 50 percent health and attacking decently fast against a lot of targets so all of those things were really solid so i i really like the reaper shroud i don't think it needs much tuning um but other than that i felt like there was a lot of a lot of disappointing things on the reaper that could be cool but require a lot of buffs
2: on um, the flip side to the Reaper Shroud, the Great Sword felt very slow, kind of clunky, and not as effective as other weapons. Just straight up, just uh, flat out,
0: yeah. It really, I, yeah.
2: I ended up actually tossing out the Great Sword and doing a melee dagger build with a staff as my secondary, and it was much better going for a Shroud build with that because it allowed me to use Shroud more. And I found that to be kind of, well, that kind of beats the purpose of me trying out Reaper for Greatsword and stuff. So I'm not using the Shouts, I'm not using the Greatsword, so I'm going to play something else.
0: Yeah, it was, and it's not, I saw a lot of people that I feel like didn't play it very much, but were just sort of saying like, well, maybe it's just because you're not used to the new area and new skills. And it's like, no, I'm not, I'm not just remembering playing as a dagger, I actually went Dagger Greatsword for quite a while just to test their damage differences with the same build. Like, literally, you know, I mean, I just weapon swap. And it's like, I could get a ton of... Oh, also, with with the build, I was frequently at 25 might and 25 vulnerability on enemies constantly, which was awesome. Like, that felt, that felt great. There were some really great synergies between traits and the Reaper Shroud. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's like the I mean, like you said, the greatsword attacks slowly and it's like those those numbers look kind of big, but like every auto attack number actually was basically as much as I was doing with every dagger auto attack, except it attacks like three times as fast. Like the somebody somebody on Reddit did the math and I think they found that the dagger auto attack does forty percent more damage than the Great Sword.
2: I just had a weird moment of deja vu, because I remember someone saying on Reddit that dagger did blah 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 percent more damage than any other weapon on the necro. Mm -hmm. Like, the last balance patch.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the the dagger does pretty good damage, but it's, yeah, so it's, so not only is it slow, but it also deals less damage, like, uh, yeah, and...
2: And it doesn't provide the utility to make up for that lost damage. It really doesn't.
0: It really doesn't. Um, The quote-unquote execute skill is so slow. (laughs) Like, it's so slow. I will admit that I did take it into World v. World, and I managed to hit a thief that was at, like, half health with it, and I just chunked him to death instantly, and that felt pretty good, but like, that thief shouldn't have been there. (laughs) Like, there's no no reason he should have gotten hit by that, so...
2: I I feel like in PvP, the the reason why Greatsword is being limited right now is because of pvp because it hits pretty hard yeah but the flip side to that in pvp is that it's slow which means it's interruptible
0: it's incredibly interruptible and it doesn't and again it doesn't hit harder than just auto attacking with dagger in the same amount of time like that's Mm -hmm. what's outrageous is that you are actually not doing more damage you are doing a bigger spike of damage but they have like over the same course of time of that attack animation, you've taken the same amount of damage, except they could have interrupted one of them and not the other one.
2: And I feel that Greatsword should have a bit of a buff-up to compensate for that vulnerability of cast time, Absolutely. both in PvP and PvE, because these new mobs are not forgiving. No.
0: Dude, speaking of, let's take a, a brief tangent. Those frickin' like, Ranger, Mordrum, Silvari dudes... Chunked me so fast. Things... See,
2: I hear everyone said this, like saying that I had no problem with them, I... so I don't get it.
0: Like I usually didn't, but like if I was fighting something else and I didn't pay attention for a second, those things did a crap load of damage compared to other everything else in the game. Like... I guess it's
2: because I always prioritize them. Yeah. Because I mean, there were I... no healers, so I always like range DPS, we gotta die.
0: Yeah, I mean I started doing that, but like compared to every other range damage dealer, like those things just murder. They do so much damage.
2: What's really funny is reflecting them.
0: Yeah, I bet. That would be nice to have reflects. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Um <laughs> But
2: Which is yeah. especially funny considering of the specializations that were available for this beta weekend, the majority had reflex available.
0: Yeah, funny that. Um <laughs> but before we get into direct comp co- comparisons with other specializations and classes. Um yeah, I think I've seen the sentiment a lot and I completely agree with it that not only does the damage need to be higher on Greatsword just in general, but it needs to actually be a higher DPS over the same period of time to account for the fact that Like, you only get to attack in such long intervals that you're incredibly easily interrupted or evaded, and if they just dodge one attack or you get blinded for one attack, you're losing, you know, four seconds, or, you know, like three and a half seconds worth of damage dealing, because that's how slow your attack speed is. Um, It needs some some rework, I think, if anybody's going to use it. Like, it doesn't, it does not provide very much life force, it does not actually deal that much damage, and... You it know, feels clunky. It's clunky. The the um the quote unquote execute skill again is such a long cast time that even when it's even when you hit the health threshold and its recharge is under a second, it's still actually I think it's still beaten out by dagger auto attacks. Like that's how bad it is. Like which makes it again largely kind of pointless. And I really
2: think that if you hit something with less than that amount of health and that hit doesn't kill them that it should also reduce the cast time of whatever next ability you do
0: yeah or i think that that
2: would make that much better than the current iteration of it
0: yeah yeah that's fair um because yeah i mean you probably will kill like a thief or an ellie if you can land a hit on them at half health
2: or even if you do kill them if you hit something under what was it 25 percent oh it was 50 whatever under 50 percent health your next ability will have a drastically reduced cast time.
0: Yeah, like, if it had a combo factor, like, that could be really cool. I could see them putting in some, like, cool comboing synergies like that, but as it stands, it really doesn't. And people were talking about the setup from Greatsword 3 for applying vulnerability before going into Death Shroud, but let's be real here. Necromancers now have so many ways to apply vulnerability and might that that is completely superfluous. Like... Mm -hmm completely
2: and someone made the arguments like oh it's because quickness is everywhere else now they have to make it super slow i'm like really because necro has so much access to quickness
0: yeah everybody else is also doing high damage and also has equal like if you're talking about people buffing you then that applies to every damage dealer not just necromancer um yeah because like there's a trait that lets you not in the reaper line but i think in soul reaping that or maybe in spite that like pulses vulnerability every I few seconds, it's in spite. and then there's also one I believe that applies it on hit with Reaper or with with Shroud Chill. one. Um, no, I mean I think there's also one that applies it on on your Shroud skill on Shroud 1. Oh. I, I could be mistaken on that, but I think there is. No, I'm
2: pretty sure that also exists. There's there's tons of things that yeah. apply vulnerability. It's kind of, like, everywhere.
0: Yeah, so if you have that, and then you also have the apply might on Shroud 1 skill, like, your Shroud 1 is building you so many stacks of might and vulnerability that, like, the idea of using a greatsword just put on some quick stacks, especially when you have access to wells, like, well of suffering, to add 10 stacks and a bunch of damage anyway. Just not not really true. Um, and the range on it is really short. Like if it had a super long cone blast area that hit a bunch of targets and get gave vulnerability, then maybe we'd be talking, but we don't, so um yeah, Greatsword was just kinda awkward. And the shouts were now that we're now we will talk about comparing to other classes because I did play a little bit of Tempest, and I played enough of Tempest to know that all of their shouts are better than all of our shouts. Which is
2: I will absolutely ditto that, because I played a lot of Tempest, I loved the shouts. At one point, I was actually running nothing but shouts, because it, it, it worked. Yeah. But I did not ever do that on a Necro.
0: Yeah, I tried them all. I tried every permutation of them, and I just slowly started phasing them out, because their damage is absurdly low, and their cast time is absurdly long, and the effect that they give you is incredibly insubstantial compared to the cast time and the amount of damage that you deal, which is to say you don't deal any. Um, I, I just don't. I really am completely at a loss. Like, the condition transfer one transfers conditions to the enemy's hit, but it's, like, one condition per enemy instead of, like, giving cool. all of them to all of them. And so you're like, well, there's a couple enemies here, and I've got some poison and some bleeding stacks, so one of you's gonna get poisoned, and one of you's gonna get bleeding, and one of you's gonna get vulnerability. Like like yeah i mean sure it's a cleanse i guess but it's a slow one and eh, i don't know i was very very unimpressed with that and especially when there were several tempest shouts that had shorter cooldown or shorter cast times did twice as much damage and also did the same or a better condition to an enemy and also gave an aura which were also powerful was feel the burn
2: best <laughs> feel- shout ever and it's funny burn. huh
0: I just said feel yeah, I just yeah
2: like I was using that on cooldown, yeah, and w- like whatever fight it was because it's just it's not good it's and it's pretty not gross. it's not like overpowered good, it's just good,
0: it's just really good,
2: yeah, no, overpowered good would be if dragon hunter traps were bugged to activate instantly, but I mean that's a bug. <laughs>
0: Uh. So anyway, that's... I... Wait, no. I had more necro bitterness. I forgot. Um. So I'm not... I'm just... I'm tired of pretending like I'm not really upset with the state of Necromancer, even though I'm not even really pretending that, but I'm just really frustrated. And this... After playing a Condi spec with it again, like I said, the Reaper Shroud did really good with a Condi spec, which was actually pretty refreshing. I was really happy that they managed to make Reaper Shroud work for both, but it just reiterated how bad Necro's base condition application is unless you're piggybacking off of somebody else having put a bunch of conditions onto something. Like, your Scepter auto-attack is so slow, and the fact that, like, Bleed used to be... The go-to damage condition but is now like actually one of the worst for the most part and it there's you know there's a grandmaster trait that makes your scepter conditions last twice as long of like so you're kind of slow auto attack like you have to be attacking for so long when other classes or even just say the reaper can just spam out a bunch of burning or a massive ton of poison damage in you know it's just a in you know one or two seconds like one or two seconds of of bleeding on the scepter is uh like one and a half or two stacks as opposed to 10 or like two or three stacks of bleed or burning on aoe or yeah i mean and and yeah and when i say 10 poison it's 10 poison on five targets so you know 50 i mean it's just so i'm so frustrated with (laughs) necromancer right now so it it needs work so anyway, who wants to talk about a different specialization?
2: Necromancer.
0: Go. Yes.
2: Which is basically Mesmer plus.
0: Also, it looked amazing just visually. I oh, I'll also say this. The visuals on the necromancer looked really good. I really had fun visually and aesthetically. I thought that was really cool. But also, I love The animations
2: watching... are all super on point. Yeah, the visuals are there. Mm-hmm. It's just it doesn't feel quite Yeah. Perfect.
0: But the Chronomancer, I also really love, I visually was just watching other Chronomancers and just had a big smile on my face. So anyway, continue on with that, but I just wanted to say hats off to the art team.
2: Okay, I love the shield so much. I wish there was another main hand weapon other than sword, but that's okay because I'm a power freak. The The like, way you can quote, take advantage of the five with portals and like teleports and stuff. It's just so wonderful. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: (laughs) And the four, it's the first skill that for a Mesmer at least, that if you time it like, if you're twitchy, quote quote, with it and you use it effectively, you actually get two phantasms out of it. Which is just so nice for phantasm builds because it really lowers the like, startup ramp up time or whatnot, and they do decent damage and give a nice buff, which is what I think all phantasms should do. This is just, it's, it's just great as far as the weapons yeah. go. And the wells. The wells are so pretty. They're just so pretty! <laughs> and they do everything that I ever wanted except time warp. But there's time warp, so that's okay.
1: <laughs> I love the gravity well. I know they... Oh- I just threw my pen also while I was talking. Um, I know they they changed it from what it used to be so that um, it didn't have the, what is it, four CCs in a row. But I love that they kept the float on the end. I think that's such an iconic, or it like, has the potential to be, and uh, obviously not if it's removed, uh, a very iconic part of the Chronomancer. And I was so happy to see that that got um, I, preserved.
2: I it really was very think cool to
1: see people floating things around.
2: That because they were able to fix the whole like, going into the ground thing that it's going to stay and it's going to be really nice because Float is going to be only for the Chronomancer and it's going to be their elite. That's going to be their thing and I I think that's great Mm because base Mesmer has uh, MOA which is very iconic in PvP but it's single target and now they have a more broad like team CC which kind of fills it out. And it's, yeah. it's, I don't think it's overpowered at all um, in PvP because it puts this giant thing on the ground. It's just like, oh, hey, if you don't leave, you're about to be in the air.
1: Yeah, and it shows you, every, you can visually see uh, every tick on it as well,
2: and, like, which the is really cool. It's just so amazing. You know exactly when it's going to happen. It, it's very well designed.
1: Yes, and I like it.
2: As far as tells, again, this goes continuum shift. A lot of people were just like, oh, this is going to be really OP. Blah, 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 blah. And in certain applications, it is. But it's also very high risk. You have to be able to protect your shift. And if you can't, it, it will destroy your play.
1: Mm-hmm. Or so- if you use it in a, a dumb way, mm-hmm. like if you drop your shift, heal, and then go back, uh, oops, your health is not healed anymore.
2: Mhm. or if you drop it in the middle of like a huge team fight with a lot of AOE that's not going to happen no it's not a oh button like most people said it was going to be that's what distortion is for and that is what it will still be Continuum Shift is a very planned out like strategic button which is great because I think Mesmer's needed that for uh, their F5 but yeah, I of the professions that I played the most in the beta, Cornomancer was probably right up there with Revenant and Tempest. Admittedly, I did play more of Revenant than anything else, but it was pretty close.
1: I, uh, I got into... I played it a little bit, decided it was really fun, and that I was going to delete it and make a Tempest because it was fun enough, that I knew I would want to play it a lot on launch. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I put it down for a little bit, and then I was telling Christian, who had been playing Reaper only, uh, you should really try this, you're really going to like it. And so we spent basically an evening as I was cooking a chicken, so a good two hours, uh, just kind of the two of us in the starting instance in Silver Waste going, oh, look, we can do these different combos and stuff. And I... (laughs) I hope he's not mad about this. But I, I actually left, and uh, he went <laughs> He went past me and walked into the bathroom. And all of a sudden I heard a, oh! Because <laughs> he had just thought of a new combo for his Chronomancer. Uh, and he spent basically the rest of the night coming up with very cool stuff and went into PvP and was able to... Uh, he kind of was was grumbling a little bit, and I, what's going on? Oh, I keep screwing up my combos. I'm only getting 20 stacks of confusion and torment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, only 20? So, yeah, so he and I both had a lot of fun with that, and I, I think he'll probably push it more than I will because I'm not the biggest Mesmer fan. It is my favorite of the light professions, but uh, I think he will have a lot of fun with that on launch, and that makes me happy.
2: I... I used to be... Like, Mesmer is my favorite. And Elementalist was... It has a, like, near and dear place in my heart. Because that's the first thing I ever played in Guild Wars. I didn't end up maining it. But it was still, like, my first experience. That that LA spamming flare, <laughs> But with the elite spec of Elementalist. Like... The Overloads and even the Warhorn skills. Which... I'm still not completely sold on Warhorn. You can totally make that a torch and it'll work. <laughs> but the skills themselves are absolutely great. And I, I'm i really glad to see that Chronomancer and Tempest in particular have a really good, like, do I want to play this or do I want to play this? And it's it's really there. Like, my holic is going really crazy right now. With that said, Spirit. How did you feel about Tempest because I know you played a little bit of it?
1: Um, I enjoyed Tempest a reasonable amount. It's not it's not selling me um on Ellie. It's not anything that's going to draw me to it, I don't think. Um, but I see a lot of potential for fun times with it and the potential for it to be useful um in in PVP situations, maybe PvE. I just haven't seen a a PvE encounter that would call for it yet. I don't think. Um, but it's interesting.
2: Quote, yet.
1: Yes, Exactly. <laughs> yet. I am very hopeful for Heart of Florence PvE.
0: Uh, did you um did you play did either of you play much with the Warhorn? I did play the Tempest some, but I confess that I did not get around to actually trying the Warhorn out.
2: I love the Warhorn. I'm I'm one of those weird people that doesn't like staff, even if it is the most effective weapon. And the the way that you can combo off of the Warhorn is very, <laughs> forgive me for the pun, refreshing. <laughs>
0: wah, wah. Wah, wah,
2: wah. <laughs> and the combination of the Warhorn and Overloads, I think works really well with Dagger and... Um, Warhorn with uh, fresh air allowing you to go back into air even if you've overloaded it recently which really is going to be quite interesting as far as a single target rotation because that air overload does a ton of single target damage which I was expecting to be but was not quite expecting to be that strong (laughs) which is a good thing because it's without fresh air it, it is a commitment and with Fresh Air, you have to swap out and then swap back in and wait to use it. So I don't think it's too strong. And it's, it's very fast, which is what I like about Dagger Elementalist. kind of plays off that speed. And positioning. Positioning is so important with Warhorn. Mm, and yeah. it's something that I'm, I'm really glad they kind of brought to the forefront with a melee-based caster.
0: Yeah, I definitely was getting that sense from the the little that I played it, especially because elementalists are so squishy in the sense of they have a lot of tools for getting out of places or healing up or using boons, but just in terms of pure health and armor, like if you can catch them in a bad situation, it gets bad really fast and the really trying to be in the thick of things as opposed to with the warhorn, I mean, sorry, with the, with the staff rather. Um you know, emphasizes your need both to keep yourself safe, but also use those field positionings and, you know, mobile fields and all that stuff extremely mm-hmm. well. So I was definitely definitely getting that sense from from
2: it. I, I will say, though, that just for the sake of testing, I tried to use a scepter with the Warhorn and it didn't feel anywhere near as good as using with a dagger. Um, part of the reason is because when you're at range, the skills feel kind of slow, which I think is probably a decent balancing thing for Dagger. But I would like to see something within Tempest, where if you have a uh, Scepter equipped with a Warhorn, that maybe those placement animations happen a little bit faster.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Like some because yeah. it'll
2: make it'll make scepter warhorn actually viable, which right now it kind of isn't.
0: Yeah, I could see maybe a trait or something. I mm-hmm. don't know. How did you feel about? Oh God, I didn't even talk about those necromancer. How did you feel about the traits for both of the for both of those uh, professions, the tempest and the um, chronomancer?
2: The chronomancer traits are absolutely wonderful. There's synergy for phantasm builds. There's synergy for shatter builds very good synergy for shatter builds Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) and there's a way to play conditions or power with it which I think was the main thing that they needed to hit and on top of that if you play a support type mesmer you can still use a chronomancer and still have pretty much all the major tools you want and also tailor the chronomancer on top of it to help you out granted uh, I don't see that happening too much because a large part of the support for Mesmer is centered around using focus offhand. Because uh projectile reflects. Right. But when projectile reflects aren't particularly important, the CC and alacrity that the shield offers will probably be the go-to.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, as uh, far as Tempest?
2: Tempest goes, there's great synergy with um the other trait lines, which was my main worry with everything. Um, it There isn't so much of a, well, this works with conditions, power, blah, 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 blah. It's very set in stone. Like, this is the Tempest. This is what it does. This will allow you to be in melee and actually survive. As long as you know what you're doing. And it does that very well.
0: Good. That's good. Um, do you see with both of those professions and both of you, especially with the Chronomancer, since you both sort of play that one a little bit, whereas Spirit doesn't play the Tempest as much. What do you, how do you feel about whether or not these elite specializations will become auto-includes in base builds or because of their traits or because of certain of their skills?
2: With the Chronomancer, I can see it if going into the meta, if the numbers kind of back it up, As far as just straight up deeps or whatever, not considering support that can be offered while still doing decent DPS. Like, if you go straight DPS as a Chronomancer, that is what you're going to do. Yeah. Because you lose that slot for support. But if you need to do projectile reflects, like, seriously, and you still want to do decent damage, you're not going to be able to take Chronomancer. Which I think is a very nice balancing act right there. Um, as far as Tempest goes, I can see um, the current meta for speedrunning dungeons with um, melee stacking staff allies using it simply because camping fire most of the time and overloading is just a nice new damage cooldown. Yeah. Um, it really comes down to the numbers specifically if losing a trait line is worth get grabbing Tempest, as far as that goes. Outside of um, that particular niche meta, it's really going to boil down to if you want to play Staff or if you want to play Melee. If you want to play Melee, more than likely you're really going to want to take Tempest. Because it gives you a lot more tools to be able to deal with being in that close proximity.
0: Okay, Um...
1: I'm going to say also that um... While at first... Uh, I think Evie's bang on, by the way. Um, and while at first we will see virtually... I think this will go for most things. Virtually everyone will go uh, and be playing the new one, the new elite specialization for whatever it is for their class. Um, but I think when things settle down, it'll shake out and you'll definitely see uh, both variations. You'll definitely see Chronomancers around, but you'll also see a lot of mesmer's around too
0: yeah i think that's more true for some professions than others for sure but i think for those two i think you're both right i think we're gonna see a huge bandwagon of that at the start and then more of a <clears throat> more of a leveling out and redistributing once the novelty is worn off going to a variety of builds
2: i actually think that the one profession that is going to be most quote guilty of take reaper or get out is actually going to be reaper yeah I was just to say that <laughs> <laughs> like the the strength of um reaper shroud over death shroud is just obnoxious and taking reaper shroud with dagger whatever and whatever else weapon set is just really strong yeah, like, and I, I also a lot of necromancer see...
0: builds really only use two trait lines, and then kind of just tossed in a third just mm-hmm. because. Um, I really
2: see the meta becoming spite, soul reaping, reaper.
0: Yep, yep. Um, or curses, soul reaping, reaper. If you want to go that condition build, and for can... sinister,
2: it actually legit might work.
0: I think it. I think it will. I really do think that actually sinister will be really strong with it, just because, like I said, the. The amount of crit chance you can get and the damage, the base damage multipliers, and the fact that the condition specs from Doomfire and um, uh, just the poison damage on the Reaper Shroud 4 are actually quite strong. Um, I. trait wise, I think some of them were pretty bad but they were kind of bad just because of what they were associated with like the shout and the greatsword traits were just not particularly that good but that's because kind of the shouts and the greatswords weren't that good um some of them were quite strong decimate defenses comes to mind the uh extra crit chance based on how much vulnerability they have um which caps out at a 50 percent increase which means that if you have that with that other trait you've literally 100% Crit rate against 25 vulnerability enemies while in Death Shroud with zero precision, Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, a thing. Uh, Which actually might even mean that Sinister isn't uh, taken so much as the one of the ones that, um, what, like, uh, I always forget what it is. Is it Carrion or is it um, the one that's power, condition, or condition damage, power, and vitality?
2: It. The thing is, you need Ferocity to take advantage of that crit, really.
0: Oh, that's true. true. Does Sinister Sinister have Ferocity on it, though?
2: I actually can't remember.
0: (laughs) I think it's... it's, um...
1: No, it's Condi Power Precision.
0: Yeah, it's Condi Power Precision. I don't think there is a Condi Power uh, Ferocity set. It
2: needs to exist, because...
0: (laughs) Yeah, if there was ever something that could make that friggin' shine. Um, But if you're doing Condition Damage Primary... Like, the Doomfire damage on Scythe 1 and the, and the spin to win was, was a lot of condition damage if you also are always critting and also have a decent amount of power. Um, I could see it, but I... <laughs> As is known, I am frustrated with the Chilling Darkness nerf, and I really am not seeing why it happens now that we have the numbers on these traits. Like, the Chilling Nova... Had as a 15-second internal cooldown, and it doesn't even do that much damage. Um, the, the Chilling Force, the one that grants might and life force when you strike shield foes, like, that's pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. Although that's in the same tier as the 2% increased crit chance against per stack of vulnerability. so... Um, and... Deathly Chill, the grand master trait that makes Chill deal damage deals a whopping, I want to say 350 damage per tick, non-stacking, Aww. like when you have Condi damage, which is, you know, they, nothing. They like They <laughs> really
2: need to look at the amount of damage that Necromancer does.
0: And I don't even general. know what the interaction is when you have multiple people applying Chill. Like, if they can overwrite your chill damage
2: oh god
0: yeah yeah so um the chilling theme is neat and i've always thought that chill was a really cool condition uh um, mm, wah, 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 wah. um but it is extremely not um it, it does not seem very strong in this i mean it anyway But enough of the bitterness. That's, uh, but uh, but like Eevee said, I think that it's going to be hard to justify not taking Reaper just because of how powerful it is compared to the regular Shroud and the fact that most Necro builds only use two trait lines very much anyway. Um, as nice as the blood magic, you know, Vamp aura is, I can't imagine, like, taking that over what Reaper Shroud gives you in critting power and, like, hitting power. So, anyway, um, but last but not least.
2: Well, speaking of hitting power,
1: dragon hunters.
2: No, revenant. Yeah. No, I was gonna go. I was gonna go dragon hunters. I was on. To I'm
1: ready for my
0: dragon hunter. It's spirits time. Go, hunt them dragons.
1: <laughs> so, I have to say, I I think the maybe not entirely, but I think some of the stigma around the dragon hunter revolving from how some people are rude about its name uh, has fallen off a little bit. Uh, the bow and the traps were interesting. Not necessarily um, they're not bad, for sure. Um, not necessarily play styles that I'm used to on a Guardian, which is a good thing because that's what elite specializations are supposed to do, is open up new playstyles for you. So I think they'll take a little bit of adjusting, to to be able to to maximize their potential. Um, Traps, just because of the nature of the way they work in this game, I think will always be a little niche. I can't imagine a dragon hunter running full traps all the time. Um, The bow, I see some good potential for. Um, but nothing's really sold me on it yet. It just seems like a pretty, uh, I don't want to say it's a copy of the ranger bow, but it doesn't, it's different on the Guardian, but it doesn't stand out from any other weapon set in the game, I guess, is where I'm at with that. It just-
2: It's strong, but it's not unique.
1: Yeah, there's nothing, it's not iconic like other stuff that we talked about earlier, iconic things. Not, not that. It's just normal. Um, the part that I was most excited about, and the part that uh, ultimately disappointed me the most, was the virtues. Um I had been... We named an entire episode, whoop, 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 after how excited I was about whoop, 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 across the map, uh leaping, and it turns out that the Wings of Resolve range is tiny. Like, real it's tiny. Super tiny. Yeah. So that that was my main disappointment is I couldn't leap across the map. I mean, I well, I don't expect it to go that far, but the 900 at least. Yeah, you know, like a decent range. Anyway, the it was a short leap. Um the spear worked as advertised but was visually underwhelming. And I can see that being, you know, it's still pretty much just as good as the default virtue where it it burns on hit. Um And the shield was, I guess, okay. It only blocks projectiles. I thought it was advertised as blocking all things in a cone. Um, So I'm not sure how I feel about that right now. I've seen it used to great effect in Stronghold, uh, where a dragon hunter ran in, popped that shield, and basically um, three or four rangers stood behind that shield, picked all of us off the supply point. I uh, uttered some curse words and respond but um <laughs> the problem with all of them is they don't work well together um because with the limited range on your F2 you can't um you can't get to your like i'm going to have trouble describing this basically traps bow and virtues as well as the virtues themselves all work at different ranges so you're kind of either hanging back with your bow and hurting your teammates and your traps because you need to be up close to the enemy in order to use those or you're maybe not running bow and up close but then your shield only blocks projectiles and your leap has a cast time so you're getting a lot of risk without a lot of reward and that's my biggest problem is the virtues... Um, especially with that cast time because all of the Virtues were instant cast before, um, you are ha- you have a huge risk without any of the reward. Um, the F1 is basically the same. I don't remember if there you get a little more burning on the Dragon Hunter. I don't think so. I think it's the same. Just as long as they're tethered, it keeps burning. Mm-hmm. And then Wings of Resolve is basically, I think it's only a 600 range. So it's the same range as an F2, only the Virtue of Resolve activates instantly and... Uh, has a wider range around you or like it's I think it's easier to use the Virtue of Resolve and then w- Virtue of Courage, giving up Aegis for a tiny cone that only stops projectiles is not gonna happen so Dragon Hunter is in a weird place right now and I, I don't remember the traits very well I set up a build that worked alright um, for playing with bow and traps because i just wanted to get a better feel for all the skills but i think dragon hunter of of the four is probably in the weirdest place right now and the place where most guardians will not want to take it because it's not
2: it doesn't synergize with itself which is a cardinal sin when it comes to an elite specialization i think yeah it synergizes like certain aspects of it synergize with certain aspects outside of it but are you really going to take an elite spec lose good virtues for melee for traps that's so much
1: mm-hmm. that the the profession mechanic not being on point is really a deal breaker mm-hmm. so i think it's fixable it just it it needs some some tlc
0: yeah I mean the profession mechanic is a big deal, and I think we can agree that with all three of the other professions, the profession mechanic changes with the elite specializations have all been phenomenal They've all just been really straight good. up yeah like just so good that so good that it you know i mean like we said, even if you don't use great sword or shouts the the reaper shroud is so strong that most necromancers are probably going to take it just for that. And,
2: and there's a good chance that most Ellie's, even if they're staff might take tempest just really depends on the number.
0: Right. Yeah. So if, so, you know, the, the emerging pattern seems to be like, if you're, if the, excuse me, if the profession mechanic is not up to snuff in the specialization in the elite specialization, pardon me. Um, it's going to be hard to justify taking it. Uh, So that also makes me interested to see what other professions' elite specs turn out or how how they turn out in that regard.
2: I really think that they should keep with the whole, like, adding to instead of replacing because that's the issue Dragon Hunter is having. Because they're replacing the old virtues, they're directly competing with them. Instead, I think that the old virtues still be there. When you activate them, it just, you also get wings or the shield, or the spear, or whatever, and then I think Dragon Hunter will be in a much better place.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the Reaper replaces it, though.
1: The In the in the case of the Reaper, it's straight up better than Death Shroud, so nobody cares.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, that sort of has the opposite problem of making it nearly mandatory, just because it's so much better, so I guess maybe that's back a point in your favor. <laughs> but, anyway.
2: And it doesn't really... It does... Quote, take away from Death Shroud but it doesn't at the same because functionally it's still pretty much Shroud it's just the attacks are melee instead
0: Then do a buttload of damage
2: and they do more damage because they're <laughs> melee
1: shall we uh, talk about Shiro real quick
2: yes we shall I loved Shiro so
0: much yeah, talk about Shiro and uh, about Sword, Sword because this was the first chance to use both of those. Even though they don't, they technically go hand in have, hand. I was gonna say they don't technically have to, but you you know they, that they will. They do. <laughs>
2: um, I personally love Sword. It's what I've been waiting for to try on Revenant forever because I'm a power hog. I I, I power precision ferocity for life. Um, as far as the actual legend itself. Outside of mechanics, I really like how Shiro is not necessarily evil. Huh?
0: No, keep going.
2: Uh-huh. Um, I like how Shiro, like his dialogue, is not necessarily like, oh, I'm a bad guy, br. Malex does that. Instead we have like let's go into the fight, blah 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 blah, blah. And I, I think it's it's much more refreshing to see Shiro in that kind of light.
0: It's like pre-Betrayal Shiro. Like exactly. pre abaddon Interference Shiro.
2: It's it's the Great Warrior Shiro, the Protector of Kantha, blah, 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 blah. Right. And I really like that. As far as the actual skills themselves, the heal was done very well. Um, it's, it's a good heal, but it's an offensive heal, which is the way it should be with a legend like that. Uh, the Seven, the... Uh, evade back, lose uh, movement-impairing conditions. Also, well done. Sweet, the 8, the dash forward and then a shadow step. Very well done. The 9, however. And this goes into my thing with upkeep skills. It's pretty powerful, but if you use it, you are making a commitment to that skill. Because if you want to use anything else, you're going to immediately lose it. Which is probably intentional. But. And this is a big but.
1: I like big bets. I lie. <laughs> Sorry, continue. I,
2: I specifically was waiting for someone to say that.
0: It was a straight line that could not be ignored. <laughs>
2: <laughs> when you use that upkeep skill, you're, of course, limited to your auto attack if you want to make the most out of it. And... Once your energy is gone, if you want to stay even remotely effective in combat, you have to switch out. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but the legends don't really synergize with each other quite yet as far as within a weapon set. Which is why I'm really glad they added weapon swap. Yeah i've I've pretty much gotten to the point where if I swap legends I swap weapons
0: yeah that's kind of the feeling that I was that's sort of the impression that I was getting when we were sort of criticizing slash predicting slash talking about that is mm-hmm. that it seemed like the weapons and legends were so strongly tied that on the one hand it felt almost weird to only have one weapon and two legends when very clearly they had counterparts but at the same time it almost like yeah it i think it's good that you can swap but it also like you said you pretty much just do them both at the same time because they Mm -hmm. are so strongly tied to one another
2: i actually think and a lot of people will probably give me flack for this that they should make the weapon skills a teensy bit stronger quicker in some cases with the sword three That bugged out quite a few times, but that's bugs, so I'm not going to complain about that. And even some of the skills uh, for the utility. And tie the legend swapping with weapon swapping. Have it be the same button. When you swap weapons, you swap legends. And vice versa. So that people can set up each legend with certain weapons and synergize them as well as possible. And just go from there. I think design-wise going forward that it won't be as flexible but in the end it'll end up with a much stronger profession.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
2: The only flips like the only weird one for that would be glint because glint the shield would work well with both axe and sword depending on which one you're going with. Um or potentially Glint with a hammer, or a staff, or whatever, so I'm not, I don't really know.
1: I have a question. I don't know if this is super relevant, but uh, now that Revenant has weapon swap, does swapping attunement still trigger weapon swap sigils?
2: I don't think so. In my playtesting, it did not. So I'm going to say no.
1: Okay, that's fine. I was just curious now, because I suddenly realized that they had an extra weapon swap, maybe, than more people.
2: It'd be interesting if it still did, though because it wouldn't necessarily be overpowered because all the weapon swap sigils have cooldowns anyway. In fact, I kind of think that it still should do that because there's cooldowns on the sigils. Outside of that, back to the shiro, the elite. I think the cast time needs to be reduced a little bit, but also the amount of stun. Because it's good, but it's not quite reactionary either. If they're going for a planning-type skill, then yes. If they're going for a reactionary one, they didn't quite hit the mark.
1: It's gross in trash pulls. You can sh- shut down an entire trash pull for, like, the duration of the fight.
2: Oh, well, I didn't really play it in that way.
1: Yeah, well, we had a Reaper, or not a Reaper, a Revenant Radiator, what, I don't know what it's called, uh, <laughs> in the in a three COE Berserker run, mm. uh, and he just stopped everything from happening. There was no need for Reflex. We didn't have any enemies attacking us.
2: Well then, I take that back.
1: <laughs> nah, it, it needs to be nerfed in PvE, I think, some way. shorter, A uh, shorter cast time and shorter duration would go towards that in PvE. Mm-hmm.
2: While well, still making it better in PvP. You yep. nerf it in PvE while making it better in PvP. So, bam, there you go. <laughs> Everyone's happy. <laughs> now, I didn't play too much of staff or... Really, any of the other weapons on Revenant, because I was really focused in on sword. What did you think about that, Spirit?
1: I didn't play a whole lot of Revenant this time. Uh, Staff is my favorite, and I-, I could see when I just played a little bit of Revenant that it did get a damage buff, but I, it's not something I would be comfortable talking at a high level about right now.
2: See, that was the reason why I didn't gravitate towards Staff, because I felt like it didn't do enough damage to warrant using it. But I didn't know that they buffed it. Yeah, didn't they
0: give it like a twenty-five percent buff?
1: Yeah, there was a huge list of patch notes, and um, for the Revenant, basically, or changes since last time. It's it's a little bit old now, but uh, it basically they put a damage buff on every uh, existing weapon, pretty much, and it, yeah. a significant damage buff on every existing weapon. I would say.
0: Yeah, because I remember that we did our podcast, and then I didn't edit it that same night. And by the time I got around to editing it the next day, they had come out with those notes of like, Hey, we've listened to your feedback and put all these things out. And I was like, great, we just had a podcast talking about how it'd be really nice if there were all of these changes that you just did. Um, So yeah, there were definitely a lot of buffs uh, for the Revenant. But it sounds like none of us, I mean, there's so much content to see in this beta um in terms of like profession mechanics and stuff and if you want to really get a solid feeling for them there just isn't enough time in the day to do it in one weekend so i think a lot of us kind of skimped out on a lot of our revenant testing to instead test the um elite specializations so yeah yeah
1: pretty much yeah (laughs) pretty much
0: which is fine um but on that note uh, with regard to stuff getting completed I was a little bit interested to see that we had the we didn't have any more map area to play in uh, in the PVE area, um, mm-hmm. which was a little bit unfortunate. And it was a little bit unfortunate also that pretty much the whole first day I couldn't find any working events. Um, but I mean, you know, obviously I'm not complaining from a sense of like uh, you know, OMG, game is awful, but it did make it kind of hard to test out the rate of experience gain for masteries at first. Yeah however um by the second and third day i started finding a lot of events that it finally had gotten kicked back into working order and um i felt like i was using a lot of boosts i was using a birthday booster an experience booster a food and uh i don't remember what they're called like a utility or whatever the excuse me a preparation or whatever those stupid things are called um but i felt like i was getting them at a pretty decent clip from just playing general PVE, I ended up getting all four, as far as I know, um, mastery points that you can get, and I spent all four of them uh, in that weekend. Ooh. So, I mean, as far as rate of acquisition, and I mean the second, the second tier took almost twice as much, if not twice as much, experience as the first tier to finish that mastery. So. I'm a little bit interested slash worried to see how the higher tier ones will be, but um I thought at least the baseline XP requirements were extremely fair to get your like to get access to gliding or to get access to those other things with all the things considered that it was a relatively small area to explore, like relative to the size of other maps and also that there were a bunch of problems with the events. I think it's gonna go a lot faster, like when we have full access to regular content. Um, did either of you do too much with the mastery stuff?
2: Uh, I went straight into the glider all the way, because glider, glider, glider. That's what I'm yeah. gonna do at launch, probably. Glider, so... glider, pants on fire? Pants not on fire, yes. because don't land in the fire. Mm. Uh <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I did two into glider and two into, um, uh, Itzel? Whatever one gives you the, uh, bouncy mushrooms. Um.
2: Mm. I do I... like how they took the mushrooms and they split it among everything else instead of having its own line, because I think it fits better that way.
0: Yeah, um, I will say, I actually, I was both surprised by how the bouncy mushrooms worked. For some reason, I sort of expected them to work more like the, um, glint aspects, where you, like, basically just get a super high jump, um, but it is actually more like the lightning jumps from, uh, where you had, like, the targeted places that you would automatically land. Do you remember that in the Mm -hmm. um, Kite City, whatever it's called? Zephyr. Except, I mean, you don't target it, but that they they went to, like, designated points, um, but that they could send you really, really, really far.
2: Um, I, I think part of the reason for that is so that people wouldn't abuse them with the glider. Oh, Totally. Because um, um, I was expecting them to work like bouncy mushrooms and Super Adventure Box, which I should not mention because that is a very fresh not fresh scar to some people, but that that's what I was thinking of.
0: <laughs> uh, challenging group content is totally uh is Tribulation, totally mode, tribulation mode group content. No. I'm um, sold sold. Um no, I, I agree. And I, I didn't um yeah, I, I'm not really like disappointed. I was just surprised. I expected a similar to you and I was surprised that they worked that way. But I have to say that once I got them, once I had that and glider, just like base functionality, um, I really liked I really liked traversing the zone with a combination of running and jumping off high things and like gliding to mushrooms and then using those to like rocket all I mean, you could go really far, really fast, and it just felt really cool. So I was really glad that I took the time to get both of those mastery lines going. Um, That said, I will provide the little bit of feedback that there is some tuning that still needs to get done because sometimes um, they missed and killed me and (laughs) sometimes when I landed I took falling damage. Um, (laughs) So
2: I really think that when you use the mushrooms... Um, you should be immune to falling damage while the I, think the I think that's the intent. I think that's the intent
0: that it works that way, but I I think there's just like a few <laughs> special weird things. Um Did
2: you have resistance at the time? No. Okay. Just just wondering, because it could be like a hidden condition or something.
0: No, yeah. Um anyway, no, know I was uh, uh, most mostly they worked fine, but there were a few times where they just like I had landed like almost die, and I was just like, "That's not what I would expect to happen using these yeah. things." Like, especially when I went up really high but didn't actually like go down. But you know, like I went way up and then like landed at the top, and I was like, "You took six thousand falling damage." And I was like, mm, "That's interesting," <laughs> but um, I actually really like that, so I'm I'm excited to see. The zone open up a lot more, and um, yeah, I'm I'm actually really excited to explore the the jungle region when we have full access to it. Like that that actually got me a big smile on my face. Like on the in the last day when I finally had all those masteries done. Like I I had a I had a lot of
2: fun with that. Overall, I think I had a lot of fun with the beta in general. I especially had fun with Tempest, which really surprised me because I wasn't expecting that. Courtomancer was Everything I wanted in the specialization for Mesmer and more. Revenant feels a lot better with Shiro and the swords. And
0: Reaper, swapping.
2: And swapping. Definitely and swapping. Uh, Reaper needs a little bit of work as far as Great Sword and Shouts go. And Dragon Hunter, I would almost say, as far as Dragon Hunter specifically goes, needs more work than Reaper.
0: I agree with that. As a specialization, uh, that's probably true, but that's kind of with the caveat that necromancer needs a lot more work than guardian.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, so that is also
0: true. <laughs> um, did you have something to say, spirit?
1: Uh, I also had a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to it. I uh, I would say, based on my experience or my experience from previous betas, um, when a lot more events were working in Verdant Brink, that uh, it really wasn't a good representation of how fun Verdant Brink itself actually is. Um, so if you're put off a little bit by that or disappointed by that, it's a lot better than (laughs) the showing we got, um, as the zone itself.
2: Yeah, and I kind of wish that they would make beta events during the week. I understand why they're doing it on weekends, but having it during the week would allow them to actually work on it during the time, because I'm pretty sure they don't work weekends.
1: Yeah, I kind of agree with that, actually.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, this was only the first, like... Uh, Buy in beta, if you will. So, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows how much more they're gonna do of that? So, we may, we may yet still have that. Um, also, I have to say, to toot our own horn, our our name pun game was uh, in top form.
1: There were <laughs> there were some good
2: puns. Yes. Names. Fear the reaper.
0: <sighs> oh man, I just came up with another one just now. Reaper Sutherland. <sighs>
1: What was the one I gave you, Spirit? Uh, Murder, she wrote. Oh for yeah, My Shiro right. Revenant. <sighs> I also had a cheesy villain, uh, best mouse trap, my Char Guardian, and Reaper. What you sow? Oh yeah, that was. Cool
2: what I'm was the do. one that you tried for Shiro but was taken?
1: Uh, it wasn't Shiro to Hero, was it? Yeah. Or no, Shiro to Zero. No, uh, it was something Zero else.
0: Zero to
2: Shiro. Zero to Shiro, and that was taken. So kudos to that person.
0: I was just kind of impressed that even some of these names were still around. Like, yeah, like,
1: I got cheesy villain. I thought for sure a cheesy villain would be taken. Yeah, <laughs> it's not now. I deleted my tempest. If you want it,
0: get it now. It's the time. Um. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I think overall, despite my obvious frustrations with necromancer, I like Like we all said, we all had actually a, a really good time with the beta event. So that's, oh uh,
2: oh oh, I almost forgot. If you play a Silvari through the story bit. By the way, spoilers! pom pom If you play a Silvari through the story bit of the beta, beta, well, Mordremoth will actually talk to you. And it's super creepy and super cool.
1: Yeah, actually, I have a slight caveat to that. Uh, he'll speak to his servants, but you will only hear it if you're on a Silvari. He hasn't actually spoken to the player character yet, but I presume that's possible.
0: Hmm. Okay. I actually did plan a Silvari, but I was, like, talking on Mumble and stuff like that, so I actually didn't hear a lot of the audio cues when I was doing
1: this. Oh yeah, shout out to uh, Alona and Hunter and everyone who joined us on the first day. We had a whole bunch of people on Mumble, and it was great.
2: (laughs) And we made a flying V.
1: We did make a flying V, it was awesome.
2: Except I failed, because I jumped way down before shooting my thing.
1: (laughs) Pro tip, you gotta hold space. Like, you just jump and then you never let go of space. Never
0: let go! you let your glider open. Oh man. Okay. Um do we want to do the email before castcast cuz Cast? I feel like castcast Cast is always the oh, last crap, thing that we do. I
1: totally forgot we had an email.
0: Yep. I know, right? And it's a long one too. Um I posted uh, it in the show notes though.
1: Okay. Um let me do castcast Cast real quick cuz I was like all ready for it and now I'm like I'll just Okay. Uh, Hello and welcome to CastCast, cast, the podcast within the podcast about the cast of other podcasts and the style of cast of other podcasts this week on CastCast. Cast, we're doing a community event, and so I haven't paid a lot of attention to other people doing community events, uh, but Plants vs. Zombies is coming up 22nd of August. Uh, we are cramming as many minion masters as we can into silver waste, and it's going to be pretty great. Um, we're adding two costume contests for best plant and best zombie, uh, so Eric is going to buy the winners an outfit of their choice off of the gem store so that's something to come for as you know as well as the general shenanigans um you're gonna start seeing blog posts and stuff about that early next week but you know you heard it here first folks because you're awesome and you listen to the podcast
2: Mm -hmm.
0: all right and speaking of listening to the podcast we got a mail from one of our listeners and it is quite long so i felt like maybe i had written it um but I promise I didn't. Uh, I guess I will just read it myself. Uh, Hello relics, Scrybox Spirit, possibly Eevee, and anyone else who may be on the show. I find that I want to play devil's advocate about the discussion on last week's show about fractals and specifically on builds and build diversity. I want to touch on the statement that builds are so highly or tightly tied to gear stat choice. This is true in a way, but also just as false. There are currently five major things that are affected by the stats on armor. Direct damage, condition damage, heal scaling, overall HP, and damage reduction through toughness. There is some intricacy with precision because of stuff that procs on it, but for all intents and purposes, it really only affects direct damage, same with ferocity. Everyone is pretty familiar with the Berserker meta and what it entails, but you do not currently need to equip defensive stats because of power or because of the power of hard mitigation that also or that has no tie to stats blind reflect weakness projection or protection and if mobs slash bosses die faster than their mechanics those mechanics can be ignored this is where scaling toughness and precision come into play in general higher toughness encourages higher condition focused builds more on this later Higher precision and even higher power and ferocity encourages something that is not tied to any stat, which is upkeep of the weakness condition and protection boon. Weakness takes the crit chance of those affected by it to zero and causes 50% of the strikes to be glancing blows, which further reduces damage by 50%, negating any precision or ferocity and 33% of the target's power stat. Protection is flat damage reduction by 33%, uh, <laughs> which is like adding a whole ton of t- uh, toughness. While organized groups tend to build for 100% upkeep of weakness already, many wannabe Zerker speedrunners leave weakness out of their build consideration. Okay, now, for the long and short of it, I claim that build diversity is much more than the prefix of armor, weapons, and trinkets on a character. That, in fact, is par- partially negligible. The build is the type of weapons, the chosen utilities, traits, and to a lesser extent, runes and sigils. Personally, I run three to four very different builds on the same gear set. All are full damage, but bring very different utility to cover gaps that may form in different pug groups I may run with. For example, more weakness, or more blinds, or more CC, or reflects, all achieved by swapping weapon sets, traits, and utility skills. The stats from gear can change a lot about a build, but only power damage and condition damage and healing power seem to be currently meaningful outside of some over trolly over overly tanky nomads or sentinels builds in world v. world the only meaningful stat choice as of right now is direct damage gear or condition damage gear because the changes to conditions so they're effectively working as intended in parentheses ignoring extremes basically every class is a condition build set that keeps pace with or far outpaces the current zerker dps that everyone is so fond of You can quote me on this, but in a year or 18 months time, more of the game will consistently viable on a full condition stat set than a full power stat set. This is because there's nothing in the game that resists conditions or reduces their effective damage uh, which I'm going to put in a brief break here and mention the resistance spoon, which actually does that by 100%. But anyway, also there are cleanses and... Defiance. <laughs> and and Defiance. there's actually
2: already a boss that gets healed when you put conditions on it.
0: Yeah, there are Yeah, there are actually in fact <laughs> a lot of ways to resist conditions. But anyway, <laughs> uh, they bypass armor and toughness and boons like protection. A condition-based build does nearly the same damage to a mob with 100 armor toughness and a mob with 100,000 armor or toughness. That is all that the newer husk are they have a lot more armor and toughness than other mobs so direct damage classes do about 50 to 70 percent less damage to them while condition characters do the same they do to anything else and the husks hp are pretty low i wouldn't it wouldn't be relics of war without some serious tinfoil hats so i see apothecary stats condition main with toughness and healing power being useful in a real way if what they hint about challenging group content ever comes to pass also rabid carrion and dire as well as sinister which will always be max possible full condition dps because it has decent power numbers as well Keep up the good casts and remember that the mind is like a parachute. It only functions when open.
2: Okay, I'm I'm just going to kind of go down the list because, first of all, I do agree that build is not specifically tied to stat sets. This is why I am probably the only and loudest advocate for stats going away. With that said, <laughs> um, you mentioned how every profession, class, whatever you want to call it, has a build that, condition build specifically that competes with the Zerker build. That is not true. Just straight up. Thieves do not have that, just as an example. Uh, sure, you can get pretty high bleed stacks, you can get pretty high poison stacks, but it does not compete with backstab spamming. It just doesn't. It doesn't come anywhere near backstab spamming. And that is just one example. There are, I think, what other professions? I actually think that necromancer is the other one where profession like uh profession where power outpaces conditions by a considerable amount because they don't apply that many conditions compared to most other classes
0: yeah barring an epidemic bomb that relies on everybody else putting a crap load of conditions on something so that you can then give it to everything but that's a side point
2: point. and that's sort of outside the working as intended thing so yeah two examples and those are just the ones that I know off the top of my head. Um, as far as the whole um, weakness bit, you talked about how it does glancing blows and it negates power by 30%, making it another protection. There was actually a podcast way back in the day where we were comparing conditions to their boon counterparts. And while you are correct that glancing blows does negate crits, and causes 50% of Strikes to be Glancing Blows. It does not reduce damage by 30% like protection. On average, it will reduce damage by about... somewhere between 22 and 28%. There is a huge amount of RNG that goes into that. So it is not as good as protection, but it stacks with protection. So yes, you are correct about that. Um... Weakness is a fairly easy thing to keep up. Uh, especially if you are a thief. <laughs> and the reason why most pug groups don't think about applying weakness is because it kind of happens on its own. Um, that's why it's not really put into build consideration. <clears throat> as far as um, your tinfoil hat that build diversity will be a condition meta in the future, I both hope for it, and don't. Um, I highly doubt it will be a thing, because for it to be a thing, it would make conditions way more mandatory than even Zerker is now. The reason I say this is because for it that to be the condition that means toughness would have to be incredibly high in whatever content you're tackling. And for the enemies to have that amount of toughness means that there's only one way to deal with it, and that is conditions. Yeah, because that would enemies... kill
0: anybody that was not conditions but also not Zerker even harder. Like
2: Exactly. Yeah. So these enemies have all this toughness, so Zerkers don't necessarily do as well, but so don't anybody else. So it kind of will pigeonhole support people into being support people, which some people might consider a good thing. I personally don't, because I think that goes away from what Guild Wars 2 is trying to achieve with people fluctuating their roles within combat and being fluid.
0: Yeah, I also want to pipe in a few points, which is that a lot of the general frustration with the Zerker meta is not is that because of all those things that you listed, the active uh, defenses and the conditions and the protections and the fact that most monsters, if they do hit you without those things, will like... Sorry, I shouldn't say most monsters. Monsters that are actually challenging will just wipe you out regardless of how much defensive gear you have and Mm -hmm. along with other scaling issues with other stat sets. It's that there's no point in any of the other stat sets so it's like
2: because when you go into a level 50 fractal yeah if you don't have zucker gear and you get like you make a mistake and you seriously get hit you're still gonna go down
0: yeah, there's no trade-off for Zerker gear, like, in high-level content, because you're going to die either way. Like, the, the the only trade-off is whether we're talking condition, quote-unquote, condition Zerker or regular Zerker. I know condition is not a real term, but full, full condi damage versus whatever. But that sort of speaks to what Evie was saying about, like, if you just remove stats from gear altogether, and then just balanced skills application of conditions to be effective regardless of your gear set, and... Things like that and change I mean there's a lot of ways you could go about it but um, it's also kind of completely sidestepping the issue that Spirit and I were raising in that episode which was that uh, if fractals change in such a way that in order to compete at high level fractals you have to get different ascended gear stats than Zerker because Zerker is what everybody does right now That that's a huge problem and frustration point because of the like how much time and money is invested into getting ascended gear and getting it infused and all of those things and that's a consequence of how homogenized the stats are that everybody is zerker. and if they change content to require something different then that's a huge economic problem
2: and there are a lot of people that straight up just won't do it at that point
1: well i think part of what they're trying to say also is that um maybe it doesn't matter so much because if like they're saying, the build isn't necessarily about what stats you're running, and more about the skills you're running. Um, and then changing the skills is just enough to complete that content. Then it's fine. And but I that totally won't
0: agree. work that way with the condition to power switch.
2: It, it won't because you'd have to have condition what do you mean? damage.
0: I thought they were separate things. What do you mean? Well, no, like because. What we're talking about, because if you recall in that episode when we were talking about the fractals and that at above 50 they would get increased toughness and other stats instead of just increased power, and you had mentioned the fear that there might be certain fractals or a certain point at which Zerker was simply too inefficient because conditions bypass toughness and things like that, that if they required you to have ascended condition damage sets in order to compete that's the problem because like if you just switch from a zerker, like if you have a zerker armor set you're not going to be running a condition build like period because then your condition damage is garbage and right so if you need conditions like if you need skills that require conditions and you currently have berserker armor then you're hosed like that was that was part of our whole frustration because you you know, like you were saying that like you spent so much time and money on that ascended gear and then they change fractals in a way that like shifts the meta so that in order to do high level fractals you need to switch to, you know, dire or one of those, like Sinister. You just won't even possibly do it because you don't, right, have well, I don't Condi stuff.
1: I guess yeah, I just uh it if there is a less efficient but possible way to complete uh one of those fractals with your berserker gear that's fine it's just that if they're hard gaining it and you absolutely need conditions and there's no other way to beat it then it becomes a problem
2: yeah it when you get to that level and with the for it to be to the point where condition damage would be the obvious choice above zerker it would be basically making zerker not viable because it'd be the same as going in there with something that has no power whatsoever like healing power, precision whatever vitality. That's a stat set, right?
0: <laughs> I don't even know. Who knows? It's one nobody uses. Um. Yeah, I mean there's there is definitely, there's definitely some merit to what he's talking about with the, the fact that your build is more than just your armor set but... I
2: completely agree with that and yeah, that's yeah. why I like the Zerker meta because people tie too much to the stat set when there's so many differences in what skills you take, what traits you take, what weapons you take, and even what professions you take.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, well, that's, that is true. I just, that goes back to what you said about, like, wishing that there were no stats. Like, I just wish that your, your items had no bearing on it whatsoever, because doing that switch between Condi and Not is, you know. I mean, Maybe you,
2: when you... we fight Krakatoa or Mag it'll be that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you literally can't do that. Um, I mean, it basically just means that the stats are... Like, it, it's somewhat a frustration back when exotics used to be considered harder to get. Not that they ever were that hard, but, like, you know, back back way back in the day, like, nobody knew anything. And, like... And or, if we're talking about more recent events, the release of the Dire stat set in general. Like, it it feels frustrating to go from one condition set to another set to realize that really only one set of either type is actually what you should be using, and that, like, you know, I don't know, it just feels like there's a bunch of pointless armor stats in the game. Which, at which point, like, I don't even know why you have them, other than, nah, anyway... That's a whole separate thing. I'm, They're there
2: for PvP, really.
0: That's true. They are. They are a lot more relevant in PvP. Although, of course, in PvP you just equip an amulet, so you know. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have a whole lot more to say. It was a long. It was a long email, and I'm clearly tired and frustrated about things that aren't specifically related to this email. So. <laughs> I.
2: I I I don't mean to like rain on your parade or anything, I really don't. But like I just I don't see that happening. And if it does happen, quite frankly, I'll probably stop playing the game. <laughs> like, just no lie.
0: Yeah, well, like, that yeah, I would mean, be they, my. They line. built themselves into a weird, awkward corner where it's just like you just. I mean, you just got to do it that way. And if they change it, it's like you said, it's gonna be. It would be catastrophically frustrating and problematic for the player base, which was originally the point that Spirit and I made, which kind of, like, if they if they did that, it would be not trivial. Like, it would be a huge actual yeah. problem. Um,
2: Unless they made getting ascended gear or changing stats trivial.
0: Yeah, that is true. Which, there,
2: they there, are, leaned always that into alternate. that direction, but you have to get ascended stats first to be able to change it, so... And, and then you, you have to not infusions. care about agony
1: infusions, yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: I, yeah, I mean, if I had to... If they had to present me the uh, design, the design book, way back, way back in the day, and the requirement was a long-term form of progression that increased your stats in the way and degree that Ascended did, but I could implement it in any way, it would look a lot more like the Mastery system, and getting Ascended would be like a long epic quest that you would complete, and it would take a lot of time, but it would make all of your characters Ascended. Um, and not actually be a separate set of gear that you had to buy. It would be a like account progression system similar to the masteries. Uh, then I wouldn't be nearly so salty about it. But uh, <laughs> the perspective of getting multiple sets of ascended gear is just not not something that jams for me.
2: And I I understand that like ascended gears account now, but like. As somebody who plays a Necromancer
0: and a Guardian, that is 100% irrelevant to me.
2: Exactly. Like, the three things I play the most are Guardian, which will probably be replaced by Revenant, Mesmer, and Thief. So that's still three armor sets.
0: Not to mention if, like, one of them plays Condition and one of them plays Zerker. Oh, God. Yeah. Anyway. Um,
1: But thank you for your email.
0: Yes, I always love reading emails. Um,
1: Yeah, actually, it was really nice to get your thoughts on it. Yes, I like hearing from people who completely disagree with us. It sometimes gets like an echo in chamber in here, because we're all pretty much on the same page, so I like hearing from other people, too.
2: Unless Eric's in here.
1: Oh, yeah, unless Eric's in here, and then we have hamster houses. He's like in a
0: whole different zip code. (laughs) We're all on the same page, in the same book. He's on a different continent. Well, different continents are in different zip codes. So
2: technically, Different continents don't have zip codes.
1: (laughs) I do. I'm not on a continent. I'm on an island. That's how you know it's time to end this episode.
0: (laughs) We're debating about zip codes in different continents versus nations versus islands. Yeah, that sounds like a typical Relics of War endpoint. So if you've stuck with us for this literal two-hour podcast, uh, thank you, and we will be back in probably less than a week now since this one got delayed. So,
1: This has been another episode of Relics of War. If you want to get in touch with us, you can check out our website and forums at relicsofwar.com, Email us at relicsofor at gmail.com or find us on your favorite social media site just by searching Relicsof O-R-R. If you'd like to join us in-game, you can send a Whisper or in-game mail to Spiritface or drop us a note on Twitter or our website and say hi. Lastly, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes, feel free to leave us a comment and the rating you feel we deserve.